I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, ma. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Happy New Year! Oh my gosh. Once again, another first here for The Real Brian Show. Our first New Year's Day episode. It's kind of like being in the Rose Bowl or the Rose Bowl Parade, except, you know, better, of course. Today we have Captain's Origins Christmas Edition Part 2 that we promised you last week. I got Cyberpunk 27, by the way. I have to share my thoughts on it. We must discuss the season finale of The Mandalorian. And can you believe it's actually 2021 already? (sighs) We made it through 2020. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Happy New Year, you filthy animal. Let's rock it. Yeah, welcome back to the Real Brian Show. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Influence, hello there. What's up, brother? Yes, dude, we did it. We're 2021 right here, man. Happy New Year. To you i i knew we'd make it i, I knew know. it i knew it sometimes you were asking like is it possible are we actually going to make it i'm not sure i wasn't sure but we, i, I never really asked that actually no. somebody did <laughs> I, I don't remember who it was but it was it was someone anyway so uh yeah anyway well <laughs> welcome back you know it was so funny last week i said well we'd love to have you back on next week sith master jay and you kind of laughed and yet here you are so welcome back how are you i'm super Thanks for asking. All things considered, I couldn't be better. I'm a fan. I'm going to just use this song every time you come on. <laughs> Hi! Everything is super when you're, don't you think I look cute in this hat? That can be his walk-on song. <laughs> every time you come back on. <laughs> I do have my hat on. Does well, it have ear flaps? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're full water right now? Heck yeah. Kind of look yeah. like Cousin Eddie, too. You got yeah, the big totally. ear flaps, you know? I'm excited. Thanks. Happy New Year. So we had our, our Christmas Day episode, but Christmas weekend was fun. It was relaxing, and it was mm-hmm. really interesting because, you know, I heard a lot of comments where people were saying, oh, because of COVID, couldn't get together with family, couldn't get together with a lot of normal people, normal normal people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had this weird kind of thought that the one nice thing that we got, I think, this Christmas season, because of COVID, because people couldn't get together as much, because there were no Christmas parties and all kinds of other things, there was less stress. There was less mass, insane, chaotic, stressful busyness that we usually have because of those lack of events and everything else. And so even though, you know, this COVID crap has really sucked in 2020, there was a little bit of peace and calm this year that I don't remember having for many years. So ah, it was kind of cool. See good and bad. Ah, good philosophy. I, I like. like. Yeah, exactly. One other thing, and I'm going to say this, I'm very thankful for the amazing technology that we have right now discord that's how we're all chatting boxer texting all that stuff because i've had some really great conversations with many of you and i wanted to say thank you because you know you in fact you three and many others taking the time to talk with me and allowing me to talk with you is regularly creating community and thankfully preventing any potential isolation that covid is causing for a lot of people because i'm hearing that people are saying i don't talk to anyone anymore and i feel completely isolated. I feel alone. You know, I'm, I'm freaking out. And so 
this technology is saving my life as is gaming, by the way. Good. Yeah, but hey, see? yeah, it's New Year's Day, though. It's, it's 2021. This year has to be better. It has to. It better be better. It darn tootin' better, I tell you what. What are you looking forward to in 2021? I am looking forward to two things. First, I'm looking forward to my new treadmill. Yes! To replace the old one that is just burnt out. I, I'm getting a much burlier treadmill, mm. under, under desk treadmill, so I can continue my walking while I work. The only thing is I ordered it this week and it's going to be here in February sometime. Right. I don't know why. I don't know. Huh. It's from a reputable company, Lifespan. They do a lot of high-end treadmill products and good you know, warranties, good customer service, but there must be behind for COVID or just a general order backlog, whatever. But I have that to look forward to. And the second thing is getting back to at least something of a semblance of what you know our pre-2020 normality. Mm-hmm. Society may never be fully back to what it was before. There's going to be some adaptations that we all you know make permanent in our lives one way or another. But you know, with the vaccine coming out, I am, along with most of you, if not all of you, are expecting that to allow us to get together again and socialize. Just basic socialization. Because even people like me, people like me and Miss Ice, for example, who kind of aren't as affected by the lack of social interaction that some of you, especially you, are, Mm -hmm. even we're starting to realize what we took for granted before Hmm. 2020 started. So only took 10 uh, months, but yeah. It only took, yeah. (laughs) So I'm finally getting to the point where, you know, I really want to be able to go to the restaurant, the movie theaters, and and fly on airplanes and, and escape rooms and not have to worry. I'm speaking for everybody. I miss the social interaction as much as I'm loving the technology and thankful for that. I mean, just can't right. go to a coffee shop and just see people. It's, it's, it's weird. Right. It's really weird. And so. when you do go out because of wearing masks, you can't see people smile. Yeah. You can't, you can't see half of their face. That's got a profound psychological effect on us. As an organism, we are not used to that. It's causing a lot of you know, social stress that a lot of people don't really think about. I'll be walking around, Sarah will be walking with me, you know, we're walking outside or whatever, and people just like give you massively wide berths these days. It's like they they treat you like you're an actual disease now. (laughs) And that's a massive social screw up. I mean, that's going to mess us up for a while. We're really not going to trust people. If it continues, you're right. It'll be, it'll have really big ramifications down the road, but that's why we're all looking forward to 2021 fixing that issue, you know? (laughs) So we're all keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah. And people were saying, oh, we'll be back to normal by the summer. And I thought, yeah, I think we'll be back to normal by next Christmas, but (laughs) I don't know about the summer. I think things are going to start, but who knows? I mean, who knows? I don't know. Let's hope for the best and go forward. But either way, I'm looking forward to 2021 and I'm looking forward to a better year, but I'm also trying to be resilient in this in that I'm I'm doing my best to mentally prepare myself regardless of what happens circumstantially just trying to choose a better attitude trying to look at the positive this year trying to train my brain to see more of that rather than seeing more of the negative because no matter where you look you're going to find negative but are you looking for it or are you looking for the positive I think that's really what it comes down to so that's where I'm at Sith Master what about you man what are you looking forward to in 2021 I'll echo Captain Influences. The social interaction is really big in our lives and, and not being able to go to church or going to a very slimmed down attendance at church or having to watch online just doesn't have the same feel and yeah. look to it. And so it's really hard to get engaged, especially when you're watching it online. But the social interaction, that that ability to hug someone and say, yeah. it's good to see you or shake a hand or slap someone on the butt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or see a smile. 
I think I mentioned last week that we were going to do a Zoom meeting with my family that's from east to west coast. Yeah. And we did that Christmas day evening and all of us siblings and my mom and some other family members got on Zoom and, and had a quick 15, 20 minute call where we just said Merry Christmas to each other and how much we love and care about each other. And my mom called me right after that and said, thank you for doing that. That meant a lot. I'm glad we have technology to be able to keep that social interaction going, but it's that physical presence of being around each other. And I think that, you know, Brian, you and I get together, we'll either play magic or play video games or something like that. Yeah. And just to be able to get together and socially interact yeah. is great. Yeah. Thank goodness for technology. But again, it's not the same face to face, seeing each other's reactions and telling each other jokes and laughing and having yeah. a good time. It's that type of thing that I am very much looking forward to hopefully coming back in 2021. Is it going to change? I do feel like it's going to change. And in mm-hmm. working in healthcare, I see firsthand what this virus has done to not only people, but the people that work in that in the front lines. Oh, yeah. I give them all the credit right now for all the hard work that they've had to do and the things that they've had to witness. And I hear constant stories about the ones that are having to be the family member of somebody who has COVID and is by themselves and passes mm-hmm. away alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's it's horrible. I mean, so when you look at a, it being alone because I'm healthy and not having to have that social interaction, I look at that and I say I'm blessed. And I took for granted so often those social interactions that I'm going to make the most of them going forward. Yeah, how could we not agree with that? Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just a fundamental. So, yeah. what if this pandemic had happened before the internet? What yeah. I mean, that would be that would be awful. There was no RNA sequencing. I mean, that was the big thing that pushed the vaccination forward so quickly is that they could RNA sequence the virus and reproduce it, and then also be able to create the actual vaccination to make it go that much faster. That's how mm. they were able to go through that much faster. And that technology was not around back then. Wow. So that's right. cool. interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. It would it would have taken years to develop a vaccination of this magnitude that quickly. Um, yeah. So imagine years with you know being isolated, being locked down, no technology. Wow. You can communicate through letters uh, yeah, and uh, and phone calls. Yeah, and facts. <laughs> so, totally facts, though. Yeah. yeah. If you are having problems, there is a lot of help out there, though, too. That is true. I strongly suggest reaching out not only to the help that's out there, especially if you have uh, health insurance. There are all sorts of really good resources available for you to talk to somebody, but also reach out to family and friends and mm-hmm. and and have those conversations with them because you know that. I've seen it firsthand what it's done to people. And I would say I've seen it in myself a little bit. I'm naturally an introvert, but it gets old after a certain amount of time working from home, working remote. You got to go out and have those walks with the dog and you've got to get away from the computer. You've got to go do something to take your mind off things and, and, and focus on yourself and your mental health. If you've never been through some kind of an isolation, you know, this is the first time you've gone through this, then this is horrible. This is really, really hard to go through. And I know a lot of people who just have this attitude of, I don't need anyone. I don't need to talk to anyone. I'm a stoic. I got this, you know, blah, 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 whatever, you know, or as a Charlie Brown adults would say, wah, 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 wah. (laughs) Dude, get help. Talk to somebody like doing it alone won't work. Being stoic won't work. It will bite you in the butt. It will come out. It will overtake you. I guarantee it. Find help. Talk to somebody. There is no shame. In fact, if anything, it is honorable to get counseling. 
and to admit that you need help from other people that can help you through that to process through it in a healthy way. And by the way, you know, I know people will say, oh, well, you know, psychologists, there's some crazy ones out. Of course there are. There's crazy people in every profession, right? But there are really good ones out there that can talk to you and that can work through stuff with you. And I mean, most of the people that I know that have gone through counseling come out better. The statistics prove you right. And at the very least, you can just vent to someone who isn't going to judge you because they don't know you. Yeah. It feels good to get thoughts out sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and they can, if they're, again, if they're good, they can really help you to choose healthy attitudes, healthy responses, healthy thoughts. It's getting back to that correct thinking kind of thing. Circumstances happen whether you want them to or not. So, it's about dealing with them and being resilient and learning how to do that. Right. You put it well. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing I'm really, really, really excited about for 2021, because this was supposed to happen in 2020 and it didn't, mainly because of COVID. You know, there were a lot of unfortunate factors that prevented us, but you know, this show has been going for four and a half years. We've had a lot of ideas. A lot of things have just kind of come in the way. A lot of things have prevented it. But what's been a very interesting, call it a walk down memory lane for me. You know, we were talking about the Night Fox and I was like, oh yeah, the Night Fox, man. When was that? I was like, that was three years ago. And so I was looking back at some of those episodes and I went, oh my gosh, we were doing all those extra things. We were doing interviews, of course, which I did a little bit this year. We were doing those. Remember those midweek espresso shots? Uh-huh. I yeah. do. Those disappeared. And a lot of it really came down to lack of resources and burnout. That's why those episodes got dropped. And mm. for those of you who know me and have talked with me, that has been, I think, every one of your biggest concerns for me because I keep saying I want to bring those back. I want to bring back interviews. I want to bring back the espresso shots. You know, I want to I want to do extra episodes where we can take things like the Mandalorian Wonder Woman and review those on separate episodes so that we don't take up too much time here on a Friday. And every one of you say, I love it. I want it, except I'm really concerned about your health because you'll be working yourself to death. Those are very true statements. And so what I've come to the realization, though, was that I want this this year. I want to grow this show. I want to add episodes. I want to do more content because that's that's been my passion from the beginning. But also what has also been my passion has been this was never meant to be me doing this. This is meant to be a community like we a group of us are putting this stuff together and doing these extra episodes and having a really good time. And so I've always been like I want a creative team, you know, I mean, and I'm not talking like a large group. I'm talking a few people, you know. I've got a bunch of ideas. Cool. Let's let's create a creative team and let's hear your ideas because ideas are wonderful. You know, and I'm looking for like an implementation team where people can say, I don't have ideas, but man, you tell me what to do and I will find a way. So like we say, hey, let's interview. Let's interview Gal Gadot because we loved Wonder Woman <laughs> and, and the implementation team says I will get her on your discord channel and for, you know, the, the people that know how to do that kind of stuff, you know, that's their that's their talent. Social sharing, you know, those kind of things. And of course, the Patreon team. Every episode we do on this show costs money. We add episodes. It costs more money. In fact, people were saying, well, what if you were to split these all out into different podcasts? I would say that's a lot of money. It's thousands of dollars just to get that launched and then plus a significant amount per month, you know. So I want to do this and to take the wisdom and advice from you guys, you you who have talked to me who said, don't burn yourself out. This is what I'm saying. Like, if you have any interest, any desire in any way, shape, or form, and you're just like, I want to be a part of the idea team or the implementation or the social sharing, or I want to just be a part of Patreon. That's all I can do. We have a lot we want to do this year. 
I'm going to do it because it's 2021 and we all need it. And I'm excited. And I know, Captain, you've got some ideas we're going to implement here soon, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. All right. I, I cannot do this alone. I don't want to do it alone. I really do want to do this together. So who's with us? We're going to have fun with this. And bring by, it. Yeah, bring it. And by the way, I just want to say this, though. Regardless, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of our community throughout this tough 2020 year. And I'm thankful that you stuck with us. I'm thankful that honestly, you did help us to make our year better. And hopefully we helped you to make your year better too. That was definitely our goal. So let's make 2021 better together. All right. You promised us that you were going to finish the origin that we talked about last week, the Christmas edition one. You mentioned that Santa wasn't the only one who was, you know, creeping into homes and stuff like that. And then we're like, but (laughs) but why did Santa creep into homes in the first place? (laughs) The face plant, last week's uh, origin face plant, which we adeptly changed into a part one. Part two, so why does Santa come down the chimney? I gave you the basis for the chimney legend, but I didn't close the loop with why it applied to Santa Claus. So I'm going to mention the whole mythos. There's, By the way, there's a ton of this online. There is more than I can possibly relate. <laughs> it basically morphed out of a fourth century Christian saint and bishop, St. Nicholas, which of course we've all heard. And Santa Claus is often referred to as St. Nicholas. Fourth century, by the way. He was known for his piety and kindness, and particularly for his protection of children and sailors. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, back then, sailing was a big profession. He would travel around in his red robes and give gifts to the poor. One legend has it that he dropped some gold coins down a family's chimney and they landed in a girl's stocking. Oh, you know, wow. Presumably that was hanging on the hearth to dry. People would hang them up on the hearth so that the fire, the heat from the fire could dry their clothes. Well, people hung their stockings, their socks up on the hearth and that's how the whole stocking thing started. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. you know, In essence, the whole chimney thing with Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, was tacked onto the legend because of longstanding traditional stories of similar magical creatures, which is what I expounded upon last week, mm-hmm. using chimneys to access the homes. The concept of Santa coming down the chimney must have been as enchanting to early American children as it was to Europeans for centuries. Basically, the whole chimney thing just kind of, at some point, they tacked it onto the story because it had been part of other similar stories that people told their kids, especially for centuries. Hmm. That is so So there you have it. Interesting. It's funny how, you know, all of this stuff starts to kind of come together and, you know, why does Santa come down chimneys? Well, this is why, and it's because of all these other things and... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, good job. Stuff we all take for granted that somebody just has to go online and look it up, right? It's really amazing. it's all out there. That's the great thing. Yeah. It's all out there. And the thing is, is people say, well, Santa comes down a chimney and delivers presents and puts them in your stockings and everybody goes, okay. <laughs> nobody bothers Everyone to say. Everyone under the age of nine. Well, yeah. no, I mean, pretty much everybody. And no, <laughs> nobody bothers to say, why? <laughs> why does he come down chimneys? Why does he happen? put stuff in stockings? Yeah, where did this come from? So I, I love yeah, it. I think that's great. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, what are you two nerding out on? I have this feeling like that you're nerding out about the same thing for some weird reason. I think that Sith Master and I are in sync right now. Oh, (laughs) all right. And this is pure coincidence. We both are nerding out on LED strip lighting. Oh my goodness. Lighting. Now, for myself, it all started when I downloaded Cyberpunk 2077 (laughs) and, and saw how beautiful, colorful, and neon everything was, especially at night. And I thought, you know, I've been meaning to pimp Steve out a little bit more with LEDs since I built him, since I became his user. I put a, a six-foot LED strip, wrapped it around my, my ultra-wide monitor on nice. the back uh-huh. so that it, it glows behind the monitor, which is one of the most common applications of, of that. Mm-hmm. And then I also got some smart lights, some smart LEDs 
that I put in a couple of the lamps in my office and game room. Right now, during the daytime, I have them on a soft yellow light. But at night, I turn them to like this neon blue and this neon purple. Sweet. (laughs) And then I have the lights behind my monitor fading. Right now, I'm looking at it fading from one color to another. It just really adds to the atmosphere of whatever, especially a gaming room Mm -hmm. or an office or something like that, without hardly any expense. I mean, it was really cheap to do this. The LED strip lights were like, 15 bucks. Oh, I know. They're so cheap these days. Yeah. What about you, Seth Master? So I've actually been looking at them for a while just because they recommend them putting behind big screen TVs. Um, Yes. They really make a difference with your eyesight and the way your eyes adjust when you're watching a movie or you're staring at it for a long period of time. Yeah. And I was just walking through Walmart one day and I came around along these monster six foot strips that connect to your Wi-Fi and connect to your Bluetooth on your phone. And I downloaded the app and man, I can adjust all the colors and everything directly off of it. And I can run it to music and it'll pulsate based upon what type of music I play. And, And so they were only 12 bucks. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know Wi-Fi compatible LED light, strip lighting, so I grabbed one for my 65-inch Vizio Ultra HD TV and put it around it, and really it made a huge difference in how mm-hmm. I'm actually perceiving when I'm watching a movie or something like that. And then yeah. I bought an extra one and put it around my 27-inch Samsung Ultra HD monitor. I also changed the mood lighting based upon what I'm doing if I'm working and I'm staring at the screen all day long. It really makes a big difference in in my eyes not being as strained. Oh, for sure. Um, view, viewing monitor. Yeah. And then I've been looking at applications like you know one of our vehicles doesn't have a whole lot of lighting on the floor, and they've got lighting that you can actually run up underneath the floor panels of your car and light up the floor a little bit better, oh. so you can see. Say you drop something and there's no lights down there or something like that. You know, of course, distracted driving, but. <laughs> There are light strips you can put in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There are light strips you can put in your car. So I've been looking at adding that extra lighting to the inside of the car. That's awesome. It's cool stuff. I mean, I I don't know if you remember my PC that was the clear case that I I modded and I put red lighting in it. Oh, yeah. I I did the same one. Remember, because I put those blue lights in them. Yeah, and, and it was tube lighting, and, it, and oh, yeah. it was it wasn't LED stuff that you can get today that yeah. just takes it to a totally different level. And and so I've been in light modding for quite a while, as far as computers are concerned. And yeah, me too. The stuff you can get today is just far superior, and and, oh, yeah. and I'm nerding out on this LED lighting, and and it, it works really well. The LED strips that I have for you know my Black Beast here, they're magnetic. You know, I've got the red and green theme going right now and on my keyboard. I've got red, green, red, green, you know, going down the keyboard back and forth. It's really fun, but LED lighting is so much fun. I totally recommend it. Any kind of backlighting you can have or or whatever the heck it's called. I call it mood lighting, you know. There's a science behind it, like you were mentioning, Sith Master. If you put a certain color of LED light behind your big screen TV or monitor, it will allow the colors on your screen to jump out more or and it really does especially affect the strain on your eyes. What color do they do they recommend for helping with eye strain or is it just any color? I don't remember blue. what they said. Is it blue? blue. Okay. It's mm-hmm. my understanding is blue. And it, they call it dynamic lighting. Like I see hyper realistic dynamic lighting. It's usually putting that color in the background which helps your eyes focus better on what you're watching. It really does make a difference. But the cool thing about it is they're cheap and they're easy to apply. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the ones that I got just has some 3M tape strip on the back of it. A lot of them are USB power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just have to plug them into a USB power something. You can get long USB cords to attach to your computer or whatever you yep. want to run the power from. And yeah. it's like falling off a log. It's really neat. It's cool. Very cool. Well, you know, of course, you mentioned Cyberpunk 2077, which you talked about last week, and that inspired you to get the lighting. And I went ahead and got the game because I figured, you know what? 
I got to try this Dude. out. It's yeah. fun. I'm I'm not that far into it compared to you or any or most other people, but I'm I'm enjoying the exploration. The couple things that I think are just absolutely phenomenal about the game is one, it's so realistic looking. Not even just yeah. in the character models or whatever, even the cityscape and everything, but it's like just the way that they kind of have things going on. There's traffic, there's people walking. It just feels like you're actually there. And the other thing, yeah. and I think this is one of the coolest things that you rarely get in games, there's no loading screens. You go from place to right. place and it's seamless. And I've just never seen a game like that. Usually if you go from place to place, there's a loading screen and it kind of jerks you out of the moment. And this, so it's so immersive, but really, right. really fun so far. Grand Theft Auto was like that as well, where there's no, you okay. d- it's, it's full open world. So that, that aspect of it has been done before, but it's fantastic. I appear to be approaching the end of the game. <laughs> Which oh. last week I was I was going on and on about how big the game is and how you know how much content there is. That's still true, but for as far as the main quest lines go, you know, obviously that has to have an ending, no matter of how course. good it is. Yeah, and I'm right about to the end. So wow. After that, I believe you know that you you can finish all this the multiple side quests they have, which some of them are very in depth and multi stage. You know, like you, you'll do oh, yeah. something with, with a character and then yeah. they'll say, okay, I'll call you in a day and we'll, we'll figure something else out. Yeah. And by the way, time goes in the game. So like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you do your thing, the game goes and all of a sudden it's nighttime and then you actually have to wait until the next day in game. They do make that easy because there's so much to do. You, sure, you just sure. go out and do some other stuff and, or you can go back to your apartment and, and go to sleep and then they'll call you in the morning or whatever. Yeah. But, or if, or if you're supposed to meet somebody in the evening in the game, you just go to that place and then you just, it'll say, okay, you can wait for them. And so then it says like sometime later. And so it's not tedious as far as the waiting goes. No, it's, um, but it's very immersive in that sense too, which is cool. Yeah. But one of the other things I wanted to mention about the game that I've never seen before is the character development and, and the relationship development in mm, the game. Interesting. You actually, it's the first game I've ever played where you actually become friends, quote unquote, with some of the characters. Oh. Like in the game, you become, huh. you become buddies with them if you want. And then they call you like, Hey, you want to hang out? You're like, sure. And oh, so you go so do something with them or, wow. you know, and, and, and they spill their past to you and stuff like that. There's, there's this beautiful, I'm not spoiling anything, but there's this beautiful scene where you go with one of the main characters named Judy, you go scuba diving into this reservoir where they, where oh, it's random. flooded the town she grew up in. Huh. And, and you're down there looking at stuff and she's and she's remembering things about her childhood at these different places and you can hear her memories oh, because weird. like you're connected neurally or something like that. Yeah. The music and the atmosphere of it and what she's imparting to you as a character, it just sucks you in. Yeah. Like no game I've ever played before. So wow. uh, it's That's it's the neat. most immersive role playing game I've ever played. Huh. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, really I'm cool. excited now to be like, oh, that's cool. Like hearing about somebody's memories and you know seeing a town submerged that would be really cool to see yeah like 10 that. out of 10 that's Hands nice down. that's cool yeah i know we have listeners that are not gamers but the stories behind some of these games are really cool to see and you know again talking about the the immersion that you can get into and some of the cool stuff mm-hmm. so nice nice stuff briefly episode 10 of star trek discovery thoughts I thought it was a great episode. They wrapped up the whole Philippa Giorgio storyline fairly nicely, but a character popped up in this episode that I feel like was supposed to be familiar. Is the Guardian of Forever, does that mean anything to you in the Star Trek universe, Brian? Oh, absolutely. Okay, where is he from? The person, the Guardian of Forever, has never appeared before, but the actual device, that portal, Mm -hmm. was in the original series 
1966, oh. season one, The City on the Edge of Forever, which was one of the best episodes of Star Trek. Just absolutely amazing. I remember watching that episode when I was young going like, wow, what a great episode. Interesting. Okay. So that's where it came from. But yeah, they, thought, they humanized it in this series. Yeah. And I thought for some reason that it might have, I thought maybe was that from Star Trek five with that everyone <laughs> hated where, where they go to the center of the universe, quote unquote, and they yeah. meet God yeah. or whatever it was. I thought maybe that was the guardian of forever or something like that. But I, cause I never watched the original series. So this yeah. was brand new to me. So for me, having never watched it before, it was a little awkward. The guardian of forever. And he said that like that too. I'm like, yeah, cause that was the what? original voice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So th- that was definitely a sop for ri- original series fans. Totally. But I thought the episode was great. And I have to say one last thing, Brian, the agonizer would be awful. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine a machine oh, yeah. that they put you in? It just sucks you down into it and feeds you pain for however long. And not just physical, but emotional torture. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, the worst awful. of the worst. Yeah, I agree. I thought this episode was okay. To me, and I said this before, originally I was saying that season three was my favorite and in the beginning it was minus episode four, but I just kind of feel like the last few episodes have kind of just gone down and down and down and down and not like to bad or anything. It's just that, you know, I remember season two just kept getting stronger. Like it started slow. Season two really ramped up. Exactly. And I feel like season three is slipping. So they only have three episodes left. So it's like if they don't pick it up by next week, like my my season three ranking is going down to second place easily because Ah, I just kind of thought eh, these two episodes were it was cool. Like you said, the Philippa storyline. That was cool. I liked seeing her get redeemed. I did not need two episodes for that, though. It was way too long. They have three left. They got to ramp up. So, okay. so you remember how we were talking about you were asking who lieutenant nelson was the blonde girl on the bridge yeah a couple the weeks blonde ago. that they show constantly but never say who she is yes and i said that she had played arium and then is now right. lieutenant well so i was wrong and right on this one she did play arium in season one oh. and then she started playing nelson and then they got the other actress who was by the way in this episode or in both of these episodes in the mirror universe playing arium without all of her cyber implants and i was like oh weird wait a minute this Lieutenant Nelson did play Arium in season one, and then they got a different actress to play Arium in season two. And then here and the other actress that played Arium is now Nelson. So a little confusing, but that's, that's how it works. And here's my question. What is with all of the freaking whispering in the show? They're always like, you know, I'm going to kill you. Yes. You're going to kill me. Why are you going to kill me? I don't know. I'm like, dude, it's so annoying and it's so hard to understand. I have to turn freaking subtitles on because I can't yeah. hear them whispering. I don't understand why they're whispering all the time. I mean, <laughs> and I didn't and they, even notice that <laughs> they're in the middle of a loud battle and they're whispering at each other. It's like, you yeah, can't hear. That's... it's weird, man. I, this isn't the first time they've done this. And I'm like, no, they've been doing this for three seasons. I don't get it. It's so weird. <laughs> I am very sad that Philip has gone. So I am too. I mean, well, and that's the thing. Like my favorite characters have been Philippa, Pike, Spock, they're all gone, but thankfully book is still around. So that's a good thing, but they keep getting rid of people and, and grudge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, grudge. We haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> Let's talk uh season finale of Mandalorian. And by the way, this is going to be the last thing we're going to talk about in this episode. Here's the thing. We are going to get spoilery. So if you've not seen it yet, go ahead and pause, go watch the episode, come back and finish this episode because you're going to love our discussion here. But before I, I'm just, I'm warning you now, we're going to get spoilery. We're going to wreck your fantasies. So <laughs> <laughs> don't keep going if you haven't seen the episode yet and go all right so who wants to start here because i know sith master you were you know why don't you start sith master 
Yeah. You were like giddy as a school girl in like Alderaan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> before it got exploded, right? That's what I was about to say. <laughs> oh my right God, before I... it was obliterated. <laughs> yeah, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> oh, show me muscle again. <laughs> and then the planet explodes. You're like, dang exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, sorry about that. Well, that was a bad. Anyway, I guess it's best to just give you a little bit of context about my fandom. I was eight years old when A New Hope came out. And so I was extremely impressionable. When that came out, I was hooked. Day yeah, one. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980. Again, hooked again. And then in 83, Return of the Jedi comes out. I had an original collection of the Kenner Star Wars figures. Mm-hmm. In today's market, it would probably easily be worth $50,000, dollars Well, it was all stolen from me. Ugh. In 95, they started coming out with a whole new set of figures and they, they reintroduced the Kenner line and, and, and came out with new sculpts and, and different types of figures and things like that. And so I started collecting again. And when Shadow and I and several others would get together for gaming night, we'd have it in my Star Wars office, which had, you know, probably 800 different pieces up on the walls and wow. on shelves and things like that. And so that's just how big of a fan I am. I, yeah. I still collect the toys and I'm, I'm a big fan of them. And the prequels come out. The big draw was that, you know, Jar Jar Binks. You liked him the most, yes. Well, nobody knew Jar Jar when the first movie came out, but it was all George Lucas. Yeah. George Lucas was making the movies. They didn't end up being bad. It still was Star Wars. It was still entertaining. But from a true fandom perspective, it was, there's just nothing that compares the original trilogy. And I think that's the problem with, yeah, that's true. With the environment, the society today, everybody's trying to compare it to the original trilogy. Whether it's Mandalorian, whether it's the cartoons, yeah. whether it's the new movies, it's like that's, guys, a, that's a dumb thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. Even the but, even the even the prequels. It is a dumb <laughs> thing to do because you're. It's going to be like what what he says in Princess Bride. Get used to disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it, that's just it. I mean, you go from holding Yoda as a puppet, or you yeah. you're holding the ships flying through a green screen. You're not doing CGI. It's it's all stop motion stuff. It's oh, all. Yeah green screen stuff and they're these are models and they're doing real explosions like when vader's star destroyer crashes into the death star and return of the jedi <sighs> so it was awesome. all it was all man-made explosions it was yeah. the actual ship a model of the ship crashing into a model of the death star yeah and then then the new three movies come out and then all the series come out and people are disappointed there's trolls out there and they're ripping george lucas for selling and they're ripping disney for me well it's become commercialized disney owns it now and don't get me wrong I really appreciate the fact that they've taken it on and they're coming out with new content and a ton of new content for Disney Plus over the next couple of years. But it's commercialized and people need to get away from the original trilogy and focus on we have Star Wars. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm excited about it. It's like Rogue One, I thought was one of the best movies oh, yeah. I've seen since the trilogies. I agree. Um, I liked I, Rogue One. I mean, it was just nice to see a different storyline. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Mandalorian. It's great. Yes, it's got its moments where the acting could be better or the episode could have been better. Mm-hmm. But this last episode, the season finale, what happened in it and how it ties into post Return of the Jedi was fantastic. It mm-hmm. just, it, for me, it took it to a different level tying in the very ending. Man, my buddy Luke came out and mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the real hard part, too. And I'll go back to the episode with Ahsoka because yeah. the cartoons and the prequels had Jedis jumping from a football length field away up to this <laughs> yeah. holy di- 
totally different level. Yeah. You don't see that in the original trilogy. You can um, you see yeah, you see some of it in the new movies mm-hmm. and you see a lot of it in the cartoons. And I felt like the Ahsoka episode was great to see her. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Great to see her character and what they're doing with it. But the choreography could have been better. Compared they, to what they she did made, in Rebels, yes, I agree. Oh my gosh. Or in Clone totally. Wars too, yeah. You know, we could pick it apart all, all day long yeah. and we could critique it all day long. But I have to tell you, I'm enjoying the fact that somebody is bringing out the content, continuing the storylines, coming up with new I ideas. I agree. I could look at it from a fandom perspective, a diehard fan and be a troll and, and critique it till I'm blue in the face or until my eyes bleed. Right? Or, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, game until your well, eyes bleed. <laughs> exactly. That was one of our mantras when we gamed had yeah. all night land parties. But Or I could look at it from an entertainment perspective. Was it entertaining? Yeah. There are parts that could be better, but it was entertaining. Oh, yeah. Luke's back. It was entertaining. Yeah. The very last scene with Boba Fett. Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm jazzed. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a great next couple of years. I'm excited. So it that's is. my perspective. Good well, attitude. And I appreciate that too. And you know, you're right. And, and it's so funny because I have seen so many people posting things on Facebook and literally this is what people have said. Best Star Wars ever. Best episode ever. Uh, this series is an absolute masterpiece and could not be better in any way. John Favreau is the genius of our generation. You know, I mean, I literally have seen people post those things on Facebook. And so then I started asking my, because we've been kind of critical, but not, I'll say this. We've been been slamming it. No, but I've enjoyed the show. I really have. As much as I've criticized parts, I have enjoyed the show and I love it. But yeah, me too. I've been asking myself ever since I've seen those posts, like, what's wrong with me, man? Am I just, am I a (laughs) negative person? Am, Am I bitter? Do I hate my life? Like, okay. No, there are some things that they could have done better and I'm enjoying the show. And also I probably do need to focus more on the positive than I have been doing lately. Personally, I'm not comparing it to the original trilogy and I know people that have. And for those that are, it's a no win scenario. It's the Kobayashi Maru for you. I, (laughs) however, have been comparing it to the things that they've been saying that they've been promoting, you know, like this is our flagship show. This is going to be amazing. People coming in and saying this is a 10 out of 10 best Star Wars ever. That's what I've been comparing it to. I've been, as a result, disappointed. I should have just been saying the whole time what you just said, Jason, which was just going to go have a good time and I'm going to enjoy it because it's Star Wars and I'm excited about it. And here's the thing like, okay, yes, Luke returns. I'm not going to lie. I knew he was coming. I, (laughs) I just I had this feeling. I'm like, okay, there's there's like four or five Jedi left in the galaxy. You know, there's Ahsoka. There's Luke. There's Leia, although she wasn't fully trained yet. And then there's the, if you were bringing in the other universes, which it looks like they made Rebels canon. So there's Ezra Bridger from Rebels. They brought the Dark Troopers and Admiral Thrawn in. So I'm assuming... They mentioned him. Yeah, so I'm assuming they've kind of combined some of that video game universe, which means Kyle Katarn is a potential. And then here was the other one that I heard was Cal Cestus the main character that you play in the video game Jedi Fallen Order. People were saying that that's part of canon now. Okay, well, there's all those possibilities, but who makes the most sense? Because how many people have played Jedi Fallen Order? How many people have ever played the Dark Forces or the Jedi Outcast games with Kyle Katarn? How many people even know who that is? How many people watched Clone Wars and Rebels and know who Ezra Bridger is? Oh, Mara Jade was the other one. Well, the only way you'd know Mara Jade is if you read the the books with uh, Timothy's on. Who's the one person? Who's the one Jedi left that makes sense that everyone's going to know Luke Skywalker? So that's why I thought he was coming in. 
I wasn't not, mad. I was like very excited. I'm just saying. Oh, sure. It just made but the sense. Thing is, the, the thing is, is I, I don't necessarily believe that that was the last of the Jedi. They were spread all over the galaxy. And yeah, Vader, I mean, his lot in life in the expanded universe was to go out and hunt the last of the Jedi. Yeah. Whether you're reading comic books or, or novels, he did go out and do that. Sure. But, but I there, meant the person I, that could train Grogu. Sorry, I should have true. clarified that. Because there's, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people that are force sensitive. But I think that there were Jedi that were still around post Order 66. I heard another very interesting argument against bringing Luke in. This person wasn't being negative. It was just more of a comment. And I actually liked this comment. It was when John Favreau started the, the Mandalorian, his intention was to create something new. It takes place in the Outer Rim. Jedi are a myth, so on and so forth. And so his whole point was is that bringing Luke into the picture didn't need to happen because they already had something really, really good. And so connecting it with the Skywalker saga was unnecessary. And so I thought, well, I don't agree. Like I'm glad they brought Luke in. I was like, not kidding. I had chills. I was laughing. I was like, I was totally giddy. Like the, the yeah, Alderaan, you know, you know school girl. type of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, ah, you know, right before the planet blew up. Anyways, really, really cool, right? But at the same time, he had a really good point. Like, you, you didn't need to do that. But then again, it was still really cool. So I, I don't have any problem with it. I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was a fantastic episode as well. Like you said with the old technology, they couldn't do Vader the way that we all deserved. And then in Rogue One, at the end of Rogue One, they did Vader the way that we all wanted and deserved. You know, he was awesome in that last scene, even though it's horrible. But right. still, we couldn't see Mark Hamill do the Luke that we all deserved because of technology. And then Ryan Johnson, you know, like crapped on Luke Skywalker's grave and <laughs> totally yeah, destroyed no the character. Doubt. And so this to me, even though he was slightly redeemed in, in rise of Skywalker, this was the redemption that Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker both deserved. Yeah. And this was the, the Luke that we always wanted to see. Like he has power. He can do this. And when he crushed that dark trooper at the end, I was just like, yes. Oh my gosh. I was freaking giddy. When he did the crush thing, I thought I was watching someone replay Dark Forces 2. Yeah. The video game. It was it was right out of the video game. And yeah. I wondered, did they do that on purpose? Like the sound that, like the little, the rumbling sound that, that you hear when he was doing it. I'm sure. Was like homage. from the game. Yeah. Well, and you know, the other thing about Dark Forces and then Clone Wars and Rebels and then even that little Cartoon Network two episode Clone Wars that they did way back. You know, if you think about the way that the force would work they were showing the imaginative possibility of what the force could do. And it was amazing. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, why aren't they doing this in the movies? Probably mm. because they, they didn't have the technology, right? But right. they were showing one part where Mace Windu takes apart a droid through the force and literally takes it apart into each and every one of its little pieces. And then it just falls to the ground. And I just thought well, that would make sense. Like, of course you could do that if you were really adept with the force. So when you see, you know, Luke crush that droid, it's like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. That's what I've been wanting to see for years because however, that's what they could do. And they did it. However, I, I think, I think that that power was one of the dark side powers <laughs> that you could do. I was, well, so, the, you know, we talked about this. Was it last week or the week before that Luke dabbled on both, right. both the dark and the light side? I was very happy with this episode. I thought it was an extremely good episode. The ending was very gratifying, mm-hmm. but I only give it an 8.5 out of 10, and I would have given it a 9 or a 9.5 
hands down, if it weren't for the drawn out scenes. Yeah. They, there were a couple scenes where they were waiting like for the elevator to arrive <laughs> and they were just waiting for a really, I mean, Mike would have appreciated you. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Why, do, why do they have to show us 20 seconds of people waiting for the elevator? I mean, yeah. come on. At least play some elevator I, I, I music I agree, Mike. It was long enough that I noticed it. I wasn't looking for stuff to not like. This show was on a roll the last couple episodes. Ever since Boba Fett showed up, I was like, okay, yeah, now it's on. I fully expected them to end the season well because they ended the first season well. They were really ramping up in the second season at last couple episodes. So I wasn't looking for stuff to pick apart. But the parts where they were making you wait were noticeable. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) those things automatically bump my rating down a point or a point and a half. Interesting. So I would agree with that just because I saw Boba Fett get it handed to him by one of Bo-Katan's uh, her partner, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. When, that when made Boba me Fett. mad. Uh, me too. <laughs> what we haven't talked about, you know, to end this conversation oh. is the scene after the credits. Yes, where they're introducing the next show they're going to have. Yeah. Uh, I laughed at that well, scene when I saw Fat Bib Fortuna show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like it's a Fat Bib Fortuna. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's Jabba's palace. It's like Fat. Oh Thor. my god, that's Bib Fortuna. Yeah, he's gotten big. And then Boba, and the whole time when Boba and what's her name came in there, Fennec, and, and yeah, I'm Fennec. thinking, don't stand there, don't yeah, stand yeah, there, yeah, don't no stand doubt. there, <laughs> don't stand there. The, the He's gonna press oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh boy! It, it either implied that that was the end of the Mandalorian because they did wrap things up, you know, more or less nicely in this episode with the Mandalorian storyline. They could totally shelve that show if they want and just continue on with the book of Boba Fett, or they could also totally continue the Mandalorian. There's no reason they couldn't. He'd just move on to having another purpose in life. You know, mm-hmm. he'd find some other Jedi baby to rescue or whatever. I, I have <laughs> a theory. I have a theory on that. So <laughs> the big buildup with Bo-Katan getting that dark saber back and oh, yeah. reclaiming what is rightfully hers. I really think the Mandalorian is going to go in the direction of restoring Mandalore. Mm, and okay. them going back and restoring the Mandalorian race and restoring the Mandalorian ways. That's just my so. theory. That I hope, would I hope be they very continue cool. the show. I want the spinoff with Boba Fett, but I also want them to keep going with Mandalorian. It needs to be so, both. I believe it is a spinoff. I looked it up. It's supposed to be its own show, specifically coming yeah. out next Christmas Day. I'm actually hoping they'll be like, here's the Mandalorian you know, like you said, freeing Mandalore, doing doing their thing. And then it like, meanwhile, and it shows Luke training Grogu, you know, and that kind of thing. And then somehow they come back together and connect up throughout the season. And then, of course, you know, Boba and Fennec let them have their own show and do their own thing. And yeah. Ahsoka's getting a show. And I mean, there's all kinds of. Oh, really? Oh, there's oh, all cool. kinds of shows coming out. It's crazy. Obi-Wan's all live show. action, I hope. Yeah. Well, yep. Okay, the Old yeah. Republic is the one that I really want to see. Yeah, there's a ton of them. They look really cool. Yeah. They're all on Disney Plus. Wow. Quick fun fact here. That was not the original Bib Fortuna actor from Return of the Jedi. Okay. The guy who did play Bib Fortuna in this episode was also the guy who did the voice for General Grievous. Fun fact. Interesting. Okay. Do you know what General Grievous's cough, who did his cough? No. George Lucas. <laughs> oh. Really? Because <laughs> George See? Lucas has asthma. So they oh, did, they wow. actually recorded George Lucas coughing for General Grievous's cough. Well, there so there's another tidbit for you. There you go. Yeah. See, fun facts that none of us knew. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thank you both once again. Happy New mm-hmm. Year to you, to all of you. Yeah, Captain. Thanks for being here, Sonny Boy. Mm-hmm. Sith Master J, thank you very much. 
I appreciate it. It's my pleasure being here. I appreciate hanging out with you guys. Yeah, two yeah. weeks in a row, man. This was great. Yeah, it was fun. I hope you can come back on, you know, sooner than later. I'm going to ask you this that, you know, we don't normally ask Miss Ice because we just don't want to hear what she has to say, but normally, that's <laughs> <laughs> so not true. <laughs> What kind of a 2021 encouragement do you have for us to kick this year off right? Well, if I have to say anything, one, it's game until your <laughs> if you eyes. have to <laughs> game until your eyes bleed. Is that Jack. what you just okay. said? Game until your eyes bleed. Okay. Until your eyes bleed. And then the other one is, is respect each other the way you want to be respected. I golden rule. Totally agree with that. Respect others, value others. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do, but it is the thing to do. So, we have something very special for all of you boys and girls. Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. Do you ever wonder what the very first soup was made of? Me neither, but I'll bet it was pretty gross. Well, you know what the music means. <laughs> I know what it means. Remember, here's our, here's our other encouragement for you. Be as giddy as a schoolgirl on Alderaan. Uh, before it explodes. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. Well, (laughs) yes. Okay. Well, hey, have a good week. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year once again. Let's rock 2021. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.